Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Bradley Watson. Um, Bradley, let's start by giving everybody a bit of an intro to who you are, and then we'll, uh, we'll jump into this. Happy to. I'm just a regular dude that loves real estate. <laughs> and um, I do a podcast. I host the largest podcast for Toronto real estate. It's called Toronto's number one real estate podcast. Um, been doing that. We actually just finished episode 300, which we're really excited about. And um, I know that from my knowledge has very much come from maybe some of your listeners can relate has come from listening to other episodes and having one on one conversations with people that are doing far better than you or I. They're just tearing it up. And, and that wisdom we're constantly searching for to improve our portfolio. No, it, that is, it's the smartest thing. There's no sense in inventing this wheel. And anyone who tells, tells you that they invented this all themselves is insane, right? <laughs> Pathological liar, <laughs> right? <laughs> but no, no, that's, I learn a lot from other people. I think that's where you get most of your information. And by asking, by having a podcast, you have the opportunity to ask them whatever you want. You get private one-on-one -on -one time almost with like people that to get in sometimes in that room, you, you don't have a platform otherwise to actually be there. Yeah. And, and I, I like to think the podcast is a, it's a starting, it's a one, it seems like a one direction conversation, but it's really not. I mean, having guests on is one way of, of collecting feedback and what's going on in the marketplace, but just responses, whether that's through reviews or comments, um, we're available. And I love just hearing from average investors in and across Ontario, which is where we specialize and, and helping them with their individual circumstances and trying to take all of the wisdom that's out there and making it more specific to individuals. That's, that's the magic. That's the hard part. And a lot of people are often left to do that on their own, but we're here to support them. All right. So 300 episodes. Um, I'm sure you've learned a couple things through <laughs> across that. Um, maybe let's just, we'll start real general and then I'll just deep dive where, from there. But 300 episodes, what are some of the things you've learned? Some of the things, maybe maybe not that you learned or even things that you thought were really interesting from certain guests and then we'll, we'll sort of steer from there. Yeah, um, a, big, a big part of my value to my audience is very much studying and understanding what's going on in the marketplace. That was the context. I've been doing YouTube since uh, 2014, I think, if I had to guess. So okay. we've been in the, we've been content creating for a very long time. The podcast we began, uh, a month prior to lockdowns. So the timing was magical where we decided, you know what, let's pivot to doing daily podcast, daily episodes. And that was very much my voice. Yeah. Apparently people like listening to me as I'm spewing out nonsense and just trying to figure out what's going on in the market around us. But I realized very quickly, um, one, as far as content and what's available, the, the new cycles started to spread out a little bit after COVID kind of became the norm. And I realized the value of having other voices at the table. So I, I kind of pivoted. I thought, you know what, let's bring in fact for our audience, they can find your, your show as well. So we had Glenn come on as well, sharing his expertise. So along the way that has been instrumental for me, the value for me, uh, apart from monetary, I mean, like the podcasts are not, it's kind of like writing a book, right? You don't do it for the money. The value that I've gotten is I've developed and I've been able to fine tune my investment strategies and what works for me and alongside while doing it, right? So I'm actively out there um, collecting partners, investing in buildings, finding what areas I like, avoiding areas that I don't understand while collecting new information. But I've also become very good at not chasing shiny objects because as you start to get a lot of people 
who are, who have very successful strategies, it's it's tempting to run in that direction. And so we're, we're often clear with our audience, just because you have one idea, you know, park it, put it on the back burner. If it's not something you're going to use in the next six months, you don't have to use it. But the guests have very much been an opportunity to dive into various categories. So I'll give you some such categories. We've had yeah. rent to own specialists, right? We've had people who are property management companies. We have large investors. We have on, on, on the front of the actual market, we've had the uh, president of Ontario Real Estate Association. We've had advocacy groups from landlords and tenant side coming on, giving their different perspectives. We've had international investors such as yourself. We've had um, we've had people sharing different ways to collect capital and different ways to structure joint ventures, legal accounting. So we've seen as much as I possibly can. If there's guests we haven't had on, I welcome that feedback because to me, it's important to build our team, the accountants, the lawyers, the people that I've had come on my show are actually the ones that I use. And I've been able to build my power team through the show and hopefully been able to share that power team with the world. I'm going to ask you a question that if someone asked me, I wouldn't actually know the answer to, <laughs> but okay. if, if, if you had to pin down, like what would be like one of your, like one or two favorite guests you ever had on the show and then what do they talk about? Favorite guests on my show. Yeah. 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 That's a tough one. I know. I wouldn't know who to say either. <laughs> I would say so for me personally, I like guests and don't, don't make me jump to names here because I've had so many names that it's hard often to recall, but the ones that have challenged me the most have been people that are doing things that have, so I guess for my, my own selfish sake, it's been the ones that have changed the way that I do business. So one of the such players would be Edna, Edna Keep. Um, yep. She's out West. Um, she very much, I was at a place where I had actually built the ability to generate capital through the show, through credibility. And why that was impactful for me was it made me realize if I'm going to do this, why not do this in the multifamily space? I think there's success you can happen in the small, you know, apartment space. So we're talking residential four units or less. Yep. But what happens if we were to associate this and, and link up to larger um, at the larger table. So that one was impactful for me. For our listeners, I find the best ones that outperform the most are the ones where you're sharing how to go from zero to 10 doors. Yeah. Those types of those types of categories, the scalability. Um, but then I've also had some where I've come in that are more on the, like I, I had a very common question from people on the accounting side is when do I incorporate? That was a perfect episode. Uh, Cherry Chan came on our show to share that. And I thought she did a wonderful job in outlining these are the steps or the reasons why you should incorporate or not. So the ones the, that I have liked, and not to say those ones I've liked or put above anyone else, the ones that I have really appreciated are the ones that have addressed questions from my audience or steered me in my investment path to the direction that I am today. Hopefully that helps. That. <laughs> that helps. That helps. So, okay. So you just mentioned some things, right? For scaling, just to, to help shortcut this process from everybody, you know, well, maybe yeah. we'll find out the link. You can send me the link and I'll put it in the show notes for this too. But if you were going to scale from like going the small multifamily to the larger multifamily, what is it? Is it all mental steps? What are the things need to get done? A common theme that I get from folks, coaches and non-coaches is to um, invest in yourself through coaching. Yeah. I think that's good advice. And that's one that I'm hearing from across the board. So once you've identified as, a, as an example, apartment buildings, right? So if you say, you know what, I want to get into apartment buildings, there are many, 
Edna's one, but there are many coaches that can help you in that very specific area. And they all have their own philosophy. So even as you enter the coaching program, which I've, I've also gone through some of these programs, I don't like everything that they teach, but I take it and I kind of turn it into my own approach. I have my own kind of philosophy on, you know, I like what they do here, but I think that there's some shortfalls here as well. We also, as investors come in with our own range of skill sets. Do we have money? Do we have that, which is a skill set, right? I've got <laughs> money to invest. That's a value you're bringing. Or am I hardworking? Am I good at sourcing and finding deals? You talk to the wholesalers and, and they're amazing at that. Yeah. Or are you in a position where, um, where I get often excited is you have access to, you're good with people. So for me, I've very much enjoyed, I've been able to raise a lot of capital. Being in Ontario has been very valuable for that. It's a lot of money waiting around with such, you know, low, low costs of financing and, and, you know, commercial has made it even easier for some people. But then I also, through my contacts with people, recognize that there are people better than myself in certain markets. So let's say I want to invest. One of the areas I'm looking at right now is out in Winnipeg. Yep. So I'm, I'm chatting with folks who have done burrs, significant apartment units in the Winnipeg area that have access to deals that have systems in place. They've got construction teams and they've got property management companies. I can do these things and I do them. But if I'm going to go into a market like Winnipeg, to me, I would much rather develop and build a relationship with people in that space than to take all my eggs and, and just recognizing where your, your kind of strengths and, and not weaknesses, but just focus on the things that you're best at. And I find that that's been able to, to help me anyways, uh, as I grow. Yeah. And you just mentioned uh, attracting capital in that last little, uh, little yeah. set, couple sentences ago. Um, let's, let's duck, touch on that a bit too. Like, are you, um, I'm assuming like with anyone as they're scaling this, you're not using your own money. Um, right. You're probably raising money or raising partners. How, how do you, how do you, everyone has a different philosophy on this. How do you look at that? When I started investing in the U.S., I did it by myself and had to go through the growing pains of doing that. GlennSutherland.com slash coaching. A 12-week coaching program done one hour per week over Zoom from the comfort of your own home. Classes are kept to five people to be able to answer everyone's questions. Shortcut the process. Make fewer mistakes. Curriculum available at GlennSutherland.com slash coaching. Yeah, um, you're right. I, we, we raise capital. We're working with capital partners. Obviously we invest our own dollars, but there's a, it's only a finite amount in any one pocket. And yeah. to be honest, I think it's selfish just to stay on your own. I, I know, and I can appreciate there are, we've had folks on our show that, you know, they, they pride themselves on not doing joint ventures. There's nothing wrong with that, but I think that there's something beautiful about building deep relationships. I'm talking ones that won't have red flags from the securities commission. We're not just running around asking for, for investment dollars, but and, and again, this kind of maybe is, is a difference between my perspective and, and some, you know, some larger multifamily investors where they'll okay. run for deals and then they'll run for capital after. To me, what I love is I love people. When I approach, when I approach uh, even, a, um, I was actually talking with some, some tenants on a building we're working on right now. Even in Ontario, you can strong arm people. You know, you can take this business in a way where, to, obviously it has its limitations, but you can come in as that big, strong investor that gets reported on in the news and across the country and, you know, is causing issues for people even here, yeah. but establishing what you stand for and the way that you do business um, and just being a people person. And, and then on top of that, 
me being able to share in my case through podcasts, but it can be in any way, the ways in which you do business and you understand what's going on, the things that you specialize in being vocal, being able to say, you know what, I don't know everything about this, but I definitely know this. And people will find you, people gravitate having a platform to me, as you're building your investment business, it comes with building just that a business, having a platform where you will market yourself, yep. get your name out there, attract people. Nobody likes to date someone that chases them all the time. They want to attract, have people come to you and have a platform. So for me, it's just as simple as having a, a we want a joint venture with you link on my website. People can fill it out. And then I just talk to them one-to-one. -one. And, and I think a lot of people are surprised that it's my voice on the other side of the phone, but it is. It's, yeah. I am looking for partners. I've had partnerships go absolutely sideways. And so I'm very cautious in that space. But once we have uh, a couple or an individual um, who has the same vision, the same goals as us and recognizes what, what our strengths are and you know they want to kind of tether to our success, to me, that's a really beautiful thing. Like getting into that partnership is, is really, it's not just about the money. It's really not just about the money. There is a ton of it out there uh, often where there seems to be, you know, I guess what's the saying where not everything that glitters is gold. And that, that definitely yeah. applies um, in uh, when you're, when you're searching for capital. Okay. And so if you're, um, doing that you're saying you, you, i've heard the term jv a few times throughout that um you're talking equity partners and you're not looking for raising right. debt that's right that's been my that's been my strategy yeah investors work too but i've been more i'm okay with sharing the pot on the joint venture side but to me it's more about also sorry the other side to this is what kind of venture are you getting into right? Like you can, you can keep it open-ended and say, you know, like give me the money and I can just make a bunch of money. But I think you need to be really focused on what you plan on doing with it and being honest with people. Like I have different investment strategies that are higher risk, much higher reward where we can turn capital in six to six months, even we're working on a deal right now at that. And I have access to capital for other individuals where I say, this is a five-year capital return. I'm not promising anything more. The market's been really nice. We've tripled tripled our our wealth in the real estate industry in 10 years that's fantastic yeah. not even our wealth that's tripling the asset value which is unbelievable but apart from that we try and keep very conservative numbers and not over promise just be honest with people and and what's going on out there so these are just i guess some of the dialogues that happen and yeah. and that same dialogue needs to happen when you yourself so in my case if i'm working with a capital partner and i'm going to introduce them to someone who I already have a good relationship with is making sure that their, their view or their goals are in line with yours and your partners as well. So everyone needs to be on the same team. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. So if you're say at some sort of get together, have a cocktail, or you're just meeting somebody, <clears throat> what do you tell people you do? Like, what is your, what's your elevator pitch? Your nice soft. What's my elevator pitch? You're, you're soft. I'm a podcaster, man. Yep. Everything okay. starts there. Yep. You can jump. So, I have a lot of listeners who listen to my show and they don't really know. I've, I've had actually a feedback personally of people that say, why don't you just take an episode and tell everybody how they can work with you? And to me, I don't really care because the people that listen to my episode that are drawn to me will reach out to me. And then that conversation happens one-on-one. -on -one. It's kind of like the most effective way for me to gain reviews on my podcast is not to say, hey, leave a review, though I do that as well. 
the way that I've been able to amass, we've got over 80 reviews now on our iTunes channel alone. The way I've been able to do that is people reach out to me and I say, Hey, by the way, now that we've established a relationship, could you leave me an iTunes review? Yeah. That's the same approach for me for raising capital. No one's going to just say, you know what, Brad's asked for capital. Therefore, and even on this episode, I'm not expecting messages of people to have joined capital. The value to me is to add them into my business train, which is to say, look, Brad knows what he's doing. I'm getting tremendous value. I want to be a part of what he's doing. What is he doing? And then let them come to my website and begin the conversation. And then we can start to identify because we have various avenues to build wealth and real estate. It's not like you got one. So you don't want to pigeonhole people either. And I just think you can just, maybe this is the difference in even by my approach. I am a licensed realtor as well. I'm not the kind of guy to knock on doors and to send flyers. I don't think it's an effective use of my time. And I don't even really want to work with everybody who, whom I'm flyering. To me, what's more important is having a deeper relationship, building partnerships, recognizing how I can work with them and or not work with them, or at least be able to point them to other people who maybe are more beneficial. So, yeah. And uh, there's a lot of things you said in there. And even uh, whether your reason is whichever, asking for cash, like on a podcast is a, definitely a bad idea. <laughs> I think so too. <clears throat> asking for cash on Facebook is a bad idea. And usually like the securities exchange are, they're not, um, they're not out there trolling Facebook or whatever until somebody raises a flag and then yeah. they will look. And if you are showing a history of this stuff, you're in a lot of trouble. And there is several people in a lot of trouble right now. So don't do that. Do it the way Bradley's talking about. Make relationships, nourish your relationships, grow the relationships, don't go asking for cash. Like you said, you don't want to be the guy you're chasing around the girls because it's easier to be the guy sitting back there and having something to offer that people come to you and then you can build this up. It makes, it's the proper way to run a business. <laughs> um, yeah, it's quality. We're looking for quality. Yeah, and don't get in all this trouble. Like with your joint ventures, how many joint ventures do you typically do like just two of you or do you try to put piles together or how do you No, do you yeah, no, not definitely not piles. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's so the fractional actually, ownership problem. I found problem the most right success now. for JVs is actually the couples, believe <clears throat> yeah. it or not. Uh, the, the, the name Watson Estates is a beautiful, like my wife and I, we've got our third child on the way in, in May. So we're, we are very much a family business. From yeah. the time we bought, it's always been a team effort. And I never really approached it from that angle when it comes to raising capital. But what I'm finding is there's a lot of couples, both of which have listened to my episodes, my podcast. So yep. you get these like power couples that approach. And I, I love that. I think that being able to have families, you know, having coffee and like building those deeper relationships. But yes, I would say apart from having couples, or if we have, I've got individuals who have and want to kind of put pool money to get to bigger projects, but I do that through the capital partner. So I let them have a pre-existing relationship. They're all, they're all individual. It's not like I'm taking this person, this person and trying to put the money together. Cause I, I don't want to babysit. I don't want to, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and if let's say we're looking for a million or $2 million, people have that. It's I don't need, you don't need to pool the money if and again, recognize that when I'm approaching these deals where the capital is required, I already have that capital in my pocket. So, so we have, I have an investor list. It, do, it does. It takes the desperation off of it too. It totally does. We've got, we've got over 600 investors. We'll get off market deals. They got access to power of sale deals that come through occasionally and I'll send them out to the mass list. But 
the, my first phone call when there's an opportunity is with my partners. Like I'm not, I'm yeah. not sending it out to hundreds of people. These are that that's more of a, here, I'll just share it because we don't want it. And yeah. that's a much more comfortable conversation with folks that as I'm going out and saying, Hey, you know, we have access to capital. That's the value I bring. I don't come in and say, I have money for this deal unless I actually do. Cause I don't want to burn those bridges, you know? Yeah. So you, you have your podcast to communicate with everybody. Um, what other ways do you communicate? Do you have a email list? Do you do blogs? Do you, what other ways do you communicate? Well, we share, we share our content, our podcasts on YouTube. Um, yep. There was a, back in the day, we'd have, we'd go viral occasionally on YouTube, but I found for me, I'm not interested in going viral. I'm interested in a much smaller audience base, still large, but significantly lower than your viral YouTube videos, but people yep. who are committed to listening. Yeah. So I've gone all in, all my eggs are in the podcast basket as far as my marketing. And that goes for both my real estate business. So buying and selling transactions and my investment business. So any of the content that we have, whether that's your Instagram, um, LinkedIn, yeah. Facebook, they all spiral from this particular yeah. content. I'd rather do it well and go deep in one category and master it then then spread out too much and and the sacrifice that i've made for that has been that inability to go viral but i'm okay with that i'm, I'm not looking to get famous here yeah you don't need to go viral like i i, I have an email list and i send an email i think once a year because yeah i have an email list for investors i don't i don't send my podcast out directly to people yeah if they want if they want like we have no offense to your audience but we have the greatest audience <laughs> We do. We really do. People, they're savvy. They understand the market. I, I love introducing before every episode airs when we, we, and you'll remember Glenn, when I talk to guests, I tell people about who our audience is. They're savvy investors. I give some of the demographics, but because they listen to our show, I know they know what they're talking about. They'll, they'll binge the content. They'll learn. They're well-educated. And many of them have properties and investments and it's very niche right? Like we, our audience is specific generally to Ontario. There's, there's value that can happen across Canada for sure. But because we're so focused, I'm not looking for mass numbers. We're looking for, you know, committed and passionate individuals that listen to our show. One thing that I would add that's changed, I think the podcast game in Toronto and why I'm not concerned of competition. This is the reason is the way that we do podcasts. And I know it's maybe not coming out in humor here, but it's very much when I have my episodes, it's infotainment. So there is a lot of dad jokes, very sloppy, <laughs> <laughs> but I commit time to yeah. including that because I want people to smile and enjoy themselves while they're listening and learning. And yeah. to be honest, if someone were to walk into the Toronto market and try to do that, they would, they, that would go really bad <laughs> because people would say, you're just copying. And I think that that has been what has changed the game from just giving info to people feeling like this is a normal dude that likes to have fun. Everyone else is freaking. You got wars, you got pandemics, you know, you've got the concern of a crash, which has been around for a while, but there's this guy here and he's just having fun. And that, that has been why I think during the pandemic, our show took off because it's very lighthearted and there's no commitment. It's like, this is what we think. What do you think? Yeah. So you mentioned the podcast a little bit. Let's give uh, people some ways to find you. Like, where do they find this podcast? What's it called? How do they find you? And let's go through your, your deep details. Yeah, sure. Our podcast is called Toronto's number one real estate podcast. 
Uh, if you just look up on iTunes, Toronto Real Estate, you'll see us there. Uh, Spotify as well. Yeah. Uh, if you want to look us up on YouTube, maybe you're a YouTube podcast listener. Just look up Watson Estates. It's uh, in this case, it'd be right over my shoulder. You guys probably are seeing it. They're probably uh, not seeing it. It's Instagram like literally well. like twenty to one. Hardly anyone watches this. Thing. They all listen. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, I understand. I get yeah. it. But that's another uh, <laughs> another way. WatsonEstates.ca. You can find Watson Estates or look up my name. You'll see my face all over the internet. Yeah. Awesome, Bradley. Totally appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I think there's lots of lots of good tips on uh, raising money and working with people. I think that's it. In but people forget this is a people business, and yeah. you're working with so many people, which is some of the hard parts because people are finicky, um, especially when you're talking about contractors and everything else. But building these solid relationships it makes is the key. It's the key to why things still work, right? Um, yeah. And uh, I appreciate you sharing all that. Absolutely. And Glenn, let me say one more thing to your listeners. Yeah. I, I think I don't want our, so a lot of people like, there's a lot of collabs that happen in podcasts, but I think just to be clear with our audience, obviously many of your investors are investing in the US. That's the target. I don't want our podcast to steer anyone in a direction apart from what they're already doing. I think I really, my hope for this episode and maybe to connect to our podcast is to kind of add on to it, to get different insights and different perspectives. Because I don't, I, of the large investors that I've talked with, none of them have maintained a single strategy over the years. They've kind of built on, they've created their own and they shift, right? They're very, very mobile. So I hope that coming on the show isn't, even though it's like, hey, the Toronto podcaster, this <laughs> is the reason why I think it's still very valuable to have different voices at the table. But absolutely, I'm going to mirror what you said, Glenn, really appreciate you taking the time. And, you know, and I, I really uh, love what you're doing. Keep putting out great content for your listeners. Thank you, Brad. And uh, thank you for coming on the show. Do appreciate it.